And welcome everyone back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. This is Steve Larchuk, attorney, healthcare advocate, and your host. Many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. Pair.com, that's P-A-I-R.com. If you want to hear calm and clear discussion of healthcare policy, you have come to the right place. Here, we dare to be reasonable. What I mean by that is we actually want to hear what other people have to say, people we may disagree with, and God forbid we may decide they have a point, and hopefully they'll decide maybe we have a point. Dare to be reasonable. Have the courage to listen to the other side. And we are carried by radio stations now from Massachusetts to California to Arkansas. And this week we welcome to the Healthcare Politics Network KPPQ, that's 104.1 FM in Ventura, California. And also by KABF 88.3 FM, Red River, New Mexico. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we will welcome live from New York economist Dr. Peter Arnault one of the principal authors of the economic analysis of Healthy California. That's the universal single-payer proposal, which is moving through the California legislature. He will join us in a little bit by telephone. But first, how about some health care news? Over the weekend, multiple news reports have confirmed that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has assured President Trump that before the U.S. Senate takes its July vacation, it will vote on a repeal of all or most of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Uh, July, that's less than one month from when we're recording this, or actually we're live right now, but less than one month from today. We would report on the details of that proposal, but the Senate Republicans are working on their proposal in secret. No public hearings are taking place, no drafts have been made public, not even an outline, and uh, certainly not a report or study from the Congressional Budget Office. Uh, Instead, it appears that when the plan is finally made public, it will be rushed through without meaningful debate or a fair opportunity for amendments to be considered, which is especially ironic since in 2009 and 2010 the Republicans complained bitterly that despite the Democrats having had very long and numerous public hearings and expert testimony and incorporating into the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act suggestions from Republicans, uh, the Republicans all complained for years that this was too secret and too fast. Well, uh, hypocrisy is... uh, is something that periodically we all face in our lives, and the Republicans seem to be waist-deep and sinking in hypocrisy. Uh, Meanwhile, we have been patiently waiting for the Medicare for All plan, which was promised by Senator Bernie Sanders, and we have an exclusive uh, on background, uh, exclusive reporting from reliable sources that the Sanders proposal has been written and will be presented sometime this summer. And that should really be interesting. If it comes out at about the same time as the Senate plan, then we'll actually have something to debate, something to uh, argue about. In the meanwhile, the president continues to sabotage the Affordable Care Act by threatening to cut off federal money. And of course, that means the insurance companies that are participating in the health exchanges are dropping out like crazy because they do not know 
whether they will actually have the money coming in. So they drop out, just like Anthem did in Ohio this past week. And the president says, see, I told you, the Affordable Care Act is a disaster. All these insurance companies are leaving. Of course, he's making sure they do by telling them maybe they'll be paid, maybe they won't be paid. So uh, the states are trying to fill the gaps. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about California here uh, for the rest of the hour when we come back. But Nevada, even little Nevada, has uh, decided that it needs to do something. It's going to start allowing people to buy in to its Medicaid program. And that may be a solution for all the states that are losing participants in their uh, exchanges. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will discuss the key parts of the economic analysis of the California single-payer proposal with one of the economists who helped write it. We will be right back with more. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. June is National LGBTQ Pride Month, and healthcare advocates in Ohio are promoting the importance of both pride and prevention within the LGBTQ community. 3.4% of Ohioans identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, but experts predict the number actually is much higher. And while the community has made gains over the years, Brent Pendleton with Equitas Health says it's important to remain vigilant to protect that progress and work towards full equality in all aspects of life. For those that are LGBTQ, we suffer from discrimination and stigma, but also a lack of access to quality, affordable health care. To take pride in your health means to be aware of not just the freedoms that we've fought for all these years, but also total health and wellness. Pride Month stems from the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in New York when activists protested a police raid at a gay club. This is Mary Sherman, Ohio News Connection. And this is Steve Larchuk, healthcare politics with Steve Larchuk. And today, we are going to be spending a lot of time talking about what may be the turning point for universal health care in the United States. And I obviously I'm not talking about uh, anything that President Trump is working on or the Republicans in the House or the Senate. Rather, it is becoming more and more apparent that if anything's going to happen, it's going to be through the states. And if we need to start that process somewhere, California is certainly the best place to start. So we have an extraordinary program for you today. We will be joined after the next break by Dr. Peter Arnault. He's an economist and one of the principal authors of the report, and I have a copy right here in front of me, an 83-page economic analysis of the Healthy California Single-Payer Health Care Proposal. And in California legislative speak, that's SB-562. That's the designator for that bill. The... California folks have been trying to do something about health care for a long time. You may recall that there were two previous efforts to pass a single-payer bill, one in 2006 and one in 2008, after then-Governor Schwarzenegger said that he was all for a single-payer system, but then he vetoed both efforts of the legislature. Uh, Everybody was pretty bitter about that, as you can imagine. But that failure was part of what... Uh, sprung and really incentivized the movement in Congress once the 2008 election put the Democrats in charge with with the sort of majorities that they needed 
And so the Affordable Care Act was passed, and that meant that the California efforts for single payer, as well as other states, Pennsylvania, Vermont, many other states, sort of went on the back of the stove because the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which Congress had passed, promised to advance the cause quite a bit, and it was going to take years to come into effect. You may recall that it came in in phases. It really uh, didn't start in earnest until 2014. It had to survive a couple of Supreme Court challenges, and of course there was the 2012 presidential election, and Mitt Romney made it clear that if he was elected, he would pull the plug on it. Uh, The American people voted for Barack Obama, which was obviously an endorsement of the Affordable Care Act. But what is happening is that despite the fact that California is actually doing pretty well under the Affordable Care Act, uh, and specifically they're down to about 2.7 million uninsured, which is actually a very, very small number, less than half of, of where they started, their insurance premiums are relatively under control over the past three years. They've just seen a 7% increase per year. And, of course, the Republicans, President Trump in particular, never talks about that. He talks about places like Arizona, where it has gone up over 100%. Uh, he never talks about California. He never talks even about Indiana, where it actually went down. But be that as it may... The Republicans uh, made it their mantra that they were going to repeal the Affordable Care Act, and it didn't matter how effective it was or wasn't, they were going to repeal it. And so California has uh, geared up again to do something about that, to have a a bill, a single-payer bill that can uh, help the people of California. They certainly have the clout to do it. California has about 37 million residents, If it were a country, it would have the sixth most powerful economy in the world, somewhere between the United Kingdom and France. And if the United Kingdom goes through with Brexit, uh, there's a lot of talk that California will move up in the fifth place because the, uh, the Brits will have shot themselves in the foot. So California is certainly the place to be if you're interested in a health care plan. Now, we're going to have Dr. Arnaud, Peter Arnaud, join us. He is, I'm going to take some time now to give his credentials so we don't take up his valuable time when he comes and joins us. He's a senior fellow and director of health policy research at the Political Economy Research Institute at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. He is also a senior fellow at the National Academy of Social Insurance and serves on the board of directors of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare Foundation. Dr. Arnaud was also a founding director of the Center for Long-Term Care Research and Policy. Uh, He's helped found the doctoral program at New York Medical College. He received his doctorate in economics at the New School for Social Research and was a Pew postdoctoral research fellow at the Institute of Health Policy Studies and the Institute for Health and Aging at the University of California at San Francisco. Uh, He has written a book called Against the Odds, the Story of AIDS, Drug Development, Politics and Profit, which was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize in 1992. He has testified before numerous U.S. House and Senate committees on the areas related to his research. In short, this is somebody who knows what he's talking about, and he, along with three of his colleagues at the Political Economy Research Institute, wrote the report that 
took a look at what California was proposing to do to decide would it work. First of all, how much would it cost? Uh, Would there be any savings? Where would the money come from? Where would they raise the money to cover it all? And what kind of difference would it make in the lives of Californians and and California business? But just uh, before we bring him on, which we'll do after we take a break, I just want to go through some of the the salient points about healthy California. First, every single resident of California would be covered, everyone, including people who are on Medicare. Medicare would be rolled into this, and the only people who would really be part of a separate system would be people that are dependent on the Veterans Administration, and even they could participate in healthy, healthy California if they thought that was the better alternative for them. There are no premiums no deductibles, no caps, no copays, and that may sound extraordinary and impossible to believe, but that's why we have Dr. Arnaud coming on the show so that he can help explain how is that possible. There is no connection between where you work and your insurance. Employers are no longer in the health insurance business unless and even the health insurance business people will be frankly out of a job because there will be no private insurance selling the same products that are covered by Healthy California. So you if you're working for any kind of a business, large or small, you're going to get your health insurance in California if this passes through the program called Healthy California, not through your employer. Your employer won't be asking you to chip in for premiums. Your employer won't spend hours and hours every year trying to find a new plan or or arm wrestling with uh, private health insurers. Forget all that. The plan includes all of the essential health care needs and dental and vision on top of everything else. I, I looked through the long list in the bill to find something that wasn't covered. Purely uh, voluntary cosmetic surgery would, appears not to be covered, so you're out of luck if that's important to you. But if you had an injury and a scar or some kind of uh, problem like that that required uh, surgery, you'd be covered for that. So it is also a, a program that does not require uh, any kind of social, uh, socialization of the healthcare delivery system. In other words, the doctors will continue to work for themselves or in groups. The hospitals will continue to be private entities drugstores, all of that. None of it's going to be owned by California. California will pool the money that is put into this thing for payments, but you as a consumer, as a person living in California, would pick your own doctor, pick your own hospital. Uh, Total choice, total independence and choice, which is a really cool thing. And it may seem impossible to you. It, it may sound too good to be true. And I know I've been doing this for a long time, talking to people about healthcare ideas, how can we make it work. And usually what I hear across the country is single payer, the idea of just one place that we collect the money and, and distribute it would be so much easier, so much cleaner, so much more efficient, making sure that everybody was on a plan so that there'd be no uncompensated care provided by doctors or hospitals. Everybody seems to agree that would be a wonderful thing, but they don't think it's possible. When we come back with Dr. Arnaud, we're going to explain to you how it absolutely is possible. So come back and hear all about it. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. 
You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a Diversified Media Enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. Novato Healthcare Center Nursing Home is under an NLRB order to rehire and pay tens of thousands of dollars in back pay to five workers in California. They were organizing at local of the National Union of Healthcare Workers, NUHW, when they were fired just two days before an NLRB union representation election. Despite the firings and an intense anti-union campaign, the workers at Novato won their election in 2015, but they have yet to win their first collective bargaining contract. Richard Draper is an NUHW organizer. These are just very remarkable people who take care of some of the most vulnerable people in our society, are wanting to just be treated with respect. That's why they decided to join our union. They don't make a lot of money. And these folks stay at this facility because they care about these residents. And for the employer to violate their rights to treat them how they have, it's just pretty despicable. Draper says these workers had to endure an intimidation campaign from Novato management simply to exercise their legal rights to form a union. The facility became a real war zone for almost two months during the organizing campaign. This is another example of where, at some point in our country, we need to focus on strengthening labor laws, especially the laws that protect workers when they act collectively, because it's not strong enough. The penalties for employers should be much more severe because there's not enough fight to the law. Too many employers violate it. Novato has appealed the NLRB ruling reinstating the fired workers, but Draper says these workers will prevail in asserting their legal rights to organize. For WIN, I'm Joanne Powers. Members of the nation's largest union of charter school educators announced Friday that they have voted overwhelmingly to merge with the Chicago Teachers Union. The Chicago Alliance of Charter Teachers and Staff, Local 4343 of the American Federation of Teachers, represents a 1,000 teachers at 32 of the city's charter schools. CTU's 30,000 members are expected to vote this fall. Chris Berend is president of Local 4343. Our vote represents the fact that charter teachers are educators of the public. We face the same challenges that district schools face, budget cuts, privatization, lack of accountability, and we feel that uniting our power with district teachers is the way that all Chicago teachers can fight for what our students deserve. We've been working with them for a long time. There's been a lot of support between us, so I'm hopeful that we're able to stand together as one local to defend the students and the working families we serve. Barron feels that the CTU and Local 4343 have much in common. Risking their own livelihood in order to defend their schools and their students, that's the kind of militancy to be admired. Our members have had three overwhelming strike authorization votes this past year. In all three of those cases, the employer gave us everything we wanted. Why? Because it was reasonable what we asked. But we had to show that we were willing to shut down the schools in order for them to do what was reasonable, reasonable with taxpayer dollars. Win is made possible in part by the OPEIU, the Office and Professional Employees International Union. You've been listening to Win Workers Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. Hey, Russell Wilson here, and I know how important exercise is. It's essential. It's essential. With Play 60, United Way and the NFL are helping kids stay active and play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids. But what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org slash play60. Because great things happen when we live united. Are you guys going to do that every time? Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
And welcome everyone back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. This is Steve Larchuk. And we have on the telephone live and exclusive from Westchester County, just outside of New York, economist Dr. Peter Arnault. And before we took our break, I introduced him as one of the co-authors of the economic analysis of the California Universal Healthcare Bill called Healthy California. Uh, Now, we wanted to make the very best use of our time, and so, uh, Dr. Arnault, I went through your resume during the last section because we want to make every minute count here with you. So, welcome, Dr. Arnault, to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. Glad to be here. Thank you, Steve. It's so wonderful to have you. Now, I told folks uh, in the segment before we started that this plan could easily be described as too good to be true, and, of course... Uh, there are going to be skeptics. Uh, There are a lot of people in California, particularly the insurance industry, who thinks this is all crazy and cannot possibly work. So the first thing I'd like to do is have you just explain to the listeners how you and your organization became involved, your organization meaning the Political Economy Research Institute. I just want to set the stage here a little bit about how you're not hired guns, that you are people who know what you're talking about. So can you sort of fill us in on how this all came together? Well, the uh, a group of economists at the University of Massachusetts uh, in Amherst at the Political Economy Research Institute, uh, we were uh, contacted by the um, the one of the primary sponsor of the bill, which is the National Nurses Union or the Calif- and the California Nurses Union, and they asked us if we could do a rigorous scientific evidence-based economic analysis of the California single-payer bill, and we agreed to do that uh, uh, with the proviso that our findings are our findings, and we were you know, going to maintain that standard throughout. So if you had come back and said this isn't going to work, uh, you that's what your report would have said. Exactly. I mean, we just ran, ran the numbers, and we did a fairly straightforward analysis, which anyone can look at and um, take a look at, and it's all public, and all our assumptions are there. And, again, it's all based we based every assumption that you need to make in a, in a model like this on the latest scientific published literature that's out there. All right. So, so your, your report, and I have it right here in front of me, is essentially broken into four parts, and I just want to prepare the listeners. The first part is uh, what's it going to cost? And when we say what is it going to cost – Right now, you have people in California who are paying deductibles and co-pays and things like that or are totally uninsured or, more to the point, are underinsured because they can't afford the co-pays and deductibles. And so one of the first things is how much is it going to cost to step everybody up to where every resident of California can, can participate in this program? That's part one. Part two, what sort of savings would we realize? Uh, number three is... Where does the money come from? And number four is, what is the impact on the average Californian and on the average business? So let's start with the first one uh, for the rest of this particular segment. How much will it cost? So how much will it cost? Uh, according to our estimates, 
the total cost to do single payer in California would be $331 billion. However, let me just point out that that's not going from zero to $331 billion. In this year in California, without coverage for the uninsured and the underinsured and so on, California is paying something close to $370 billion. So we're talking about a system that would cost less and cover everyone with no premiums, no copays, no deductibles. And well, well let's, I, let me just interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Your report was published uh, about a week ago or so, more or less, and right before that, maybe a week or two before that, a report came from, I believe, the Senate Budget Office in California, and they, uh, there was all sorts of uh, rigmarole and hullabaloo because it said that the cost would be something like $400 billion a year. And some people were saying, woe is us, that's more than the entire budget of California, it's impossible. Uh, you just told us that it will cost $331 billion and cover more people with no copays and deductibles. So what's, what's the delta? What's the difference between right, the Senate? It's very simple to explain. The legislative analyst that put out the study in California, um, they assumed zero cost savings from, by transitioning to a single-payer system, which is ridiculous because you're going to get rid of a lot of administrative waste and lower various prices, etc. So to cover everyone under... Uh, under their under the legislative analyst numbers and our numbers came out to be about 400 billion so our numbers were the same in terms of if they were to cover everybody it was around 400 we're saying it's about 400 but that's without any cost savings that would come along with single payer well let's just take um, a case of somebody who's buying their own insurance. Let's say they're going through the California exchange, and I'm skipping ahead here a little bit, but just to make the point, if somebody's buying insurance for themselves and their family through the uh, exchange program set up through the Affordable Care Act, a family coverage in California would be, what, 1200 to $1,500 a month? Uh, that's about right. I mean, we do break down, uh, if you want to skip to the, the end here, what the actual savings would be for low-income families and middle-income families. The, the ones you're talking about, for people that are individually insured, for example, right now, under a single payer, the way the bill is laid out, and with, the, uh, with our analysis, they will save approximately 9% less. They will spend 9% less as a proportion of their income under single payer than they do now. Well, the reason I'm focusing in on the people who are literally writing checks every month to buy their own insurance is because that's, those are the people that, that tend to get forgotten in a lot of these analyses. And if somebody's paying, let's, let's say, 1200 a month for a year for their coverage, that's going to be close to 15000 plus just about every one of those policies comes with copays and deductibles. Somebody like that, if, if, if uh, Healthy California came into effect, they would pay way less. Be they, they would really have no premiums at all. Now, we're gonna, I don't want to 
put the bunny in the hat here in this magic show. I want to wait until the end to really get into that. But I'm trying to make the point that for people uh, who are maybe uh, entrepreneurs or self-employed in some way uh, or buying their own coverage, let's say they retired at age 60 and they've got to fill in the gap between 60 and, and when they're eligible for Medicare, this is a phenomenal savings. And a lot of those folks tend to be conservatives and vote Republican, and it's important to get their attention. So the cost, the cost that you came up with, your group, and the cost that the uh, Senate analysis people came up with, total was about the same. It was right around $400 billion. The difference was the savings. That your, your group said, okay, what will be the beneficial effect of this single-payer system? And how will that reduce the overall bogey, in other words, the, the target, in terms of how much we have to raise? So what I want to do is we're going to take a break here in about 30 seconds. And when we come back, we're going to start by talking about the savings, because they're astonishingly uh, impressive, how much money we can save through a single-payer program. Then we're at the same time, we're going to pick up almost immediately with Okay, how much more do we have to raise, and where's it going to come from? So we're going to take a break. Uh, Dr. Arnaud, stand by. We're going to come back to you in about four minutes. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. Talk to you on the other side. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger. Contact Food Bank of West Central Texas. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Today, Today we, we decided decide to, to walk, walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, 31, I mean 13. We, we took, took a, a left on Carroll cool Street. Street. Danny's There's smart, so but sounds. he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope, I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. We are the BCTGM, the union representing bakery workers. We have been joining forces with our members and thousands of community partners across America to end corporate exploitation of workers across the globe. Our campaign has its roots with the Mondelez Nabisco's firing of 600 workers at its Chicago bakery and replacing them with workers earning poverty wages in Mexico. College and university student activists have reached out to our global campaign, and the BCTGM is proud to welcome the more than 20 million students across America as partners in defeating this greed-based business model. Student voices have changed the world, and these future community and national leaders will add energy and heightened spirit to the BCTGM's consumer boycott of Mexican-made Nabisco products. Join the fight. Help change the world. Invite the Nabisco 600 team to your campus by visiting fightforamericanjobs.org. Follow us on Facebook at Nabisco 600 BCTGM Local 300. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a 
have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's gonna be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't, it's too heavy. Oh my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us, we're over here. Justin, Justin, OMG, he just looked, I love you, Justin. I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash AL. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got a lot of food in this country. We've got so much food that we can't eat it all. So how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids who need it. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And welcome everyone back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. This is Steve Larchuk, and many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks. That's P-A-I-R.com, world-class web hosting and domain name registration, Pair.com, P-A-I-R.com. And with us live on the telephone from New York City is economist Dr. Peter Arnault, one of the co-authors of the landmark study of the proposal to cover all Californians with a Medicare for All type of plan. It's called Healthy California. And if adopted in its current form, it would replace all private insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, you name it. Everyone would carry their Healthy California card and they could use it anywhere. Uh, there would be no premiums, no deductibles, no co-pays, no caps. It all sounds too good to be true, which is why we have Dr. Arno here. And, Doctor, last segment we talked about the cost, and it was um, essentially agreed by the Senate study group and by your group, which is the Political Economy Research Institute at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. It was essentially agreed that the cost would be somewhere between $400 billion and $406 billion per year. The difference is... Your group studied the savings that could be realized if this California plan went into effect. And so let's talk about it because it was about 75 or so billion dollars a year in savings. So explain how you got there. All right. Well, first of all, um, as I said, our estimates are based on the literature. And what we relied on most significantly was another landmark study conducted over a couple of years by the Institute of Medicine. And we used some of their low-end uh, estimates for these savings. But 
to give you a more specific example, everyone I'm sure out there realizes the uh, kind of administrative waste that goes on in our healthcare system. Now, this affects consumers, but it also affects the providers. So we broke break down the uh, savings both to providers, whether they're physicians or clinics or hospitals. They all spend a, a, a great deal of resources in, in what we call uh, billing and insurance-related activities. And that is a, a big chunk of the savings that would come from streamlining the uh, reimbursement mechanism to one payer as opposed to having, you know, dozens of different insurance companies and payers that uh, all require different kinds of reporting, et cetera. So that is a big form of, of, of the savings that we had. The other big sources of funding, and I'll just – there, we break it down into three categories. One is administrative savings. One is savings by reducing the uh, cost of pharmaceuticals. And the third is by leveling out the payment rates to providers by using essentially what Medicare now uh, pays. Uh, I, I went through a little bit on the administrative. On the pharmaceuticals, we assumed a 30% savings from what is being spent today. And the way we got there was by looking at what other federal government programs pay for pharmaceuticals, such as the VA and Medicaid. And some people said, well, the VA, you know, which, which, which pays less than uh, 70% of what we pay, so it was a 30% savings from the VA. They said, well, maybe um, California, uh, the demographics are younger than uh, mostly men who were getting their uh, health care through the VA. So we looked at uh, also at Canada uh, in terms of what they pay for pharmaceuticals, and they pay 70% uh, of what we pay. And that's the uh, – and the rest of the European Union, by the way, uh, pays far less. And um, so that gives us the second chunk of savings. And the third chunk, as I said, was evening out the rates of Medicare – and uh, to, to Medicare rates. Now, Medicare pays more than what Medicaid pays and pays slightly less than what private commercial coverage pays. But when you even it out, we get a small amount of savings from that. And those three areas give us about 13% of the potential savings that, uh, uh, of the total health care dollar. And there's one other category of savings also based on uh, very conservative estimates from the Institute of Medicine, and those are what we call uh, <clears throat> savings from unnecessary services, from um, inefficiently delivered services, misprevention opportunities, and fraud, four categories. Those four categories, the IOM estimated – was about 19%, and conservatively, we assumed a, that we could achieve a savings of 5%, about a quarter of what the IOM assumed. So there could be a, even more savings. Yeah, I, we, our, our goal in this, these numbers are, you know, as economists dealing with these large numbers, it, it always makes sense 
to really drive the analysis with conservative estimates because the numbers are so large and we are trying to produce credible, reproducible estimates that others can uh, support and uh, believe in. So, So, yes, the savings could be significantly larger. As I mentioned, pharmaceuticals across the European, uh, all the European countries are far less, pay far less than uh, 70%. So the theory... In England, they pay 40%. So on the drugs, the theory is that California, if it was negotiating uh, using the buying power, uh, which the Republicans should love, you know, using your buying power, uh, you... uh, you're projecting that California could go to the drug manufacturers and people that make wheelchairs and things like that and negotiate a better deal. But we need to move on. There's still going to, going to be the need to raise the money if it's $331 billion or whatever the number is. So where does that money come from? Because uh, that's okay. really where the rubber meets the road. First of all, we don't have to raise $330 billion. I think it's very important for people to understand that over 70% of total health care costs today are pay, already paid for through public sources, Medicare and Medicaid and so on. So we're assuming that we will uh, use those funds that are already being paid to feed into the single-payer bill. So that's $225 billion right there. So what we need to raise is the difference between $331 billion and $225 billion which is $106 billion. That's what we need to raise, and we've done that very simply with two very straightforward and, I would say, very moderate taxes. One is a 2.3% business gross receipts tax, and the other is a 2.3% sales tax. And on both of those items, both the business tax and the sales tax, there are a number of exemptions available that would mitigate the uh, and, and improve the um, equity, particularly for lower-income people. Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. But just just to calm everybody down, because a lot of folks jump on you know get totally on the ceiling when they hear about sales tax. For people that uh, are paying this 2.3 percent sales tax, if you're in the lower-income brackets, you will be getting a tax credit a refundable tax credit so that you get all that money back, essentially. And for businesses, this gross receipts tax, unless your business has more than $2 million in business every year, you're not affected at all. So when we come back from this next break, we're going to just touch on that again because people need to appreciate that the little guy is actually taken care of, the small businessman and the, the consumer is taken care of. So we're going to be right back. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us, we're over here. Justin, Justin. 
Justin! OMG! He just looked... I love you, Justin! I love you! When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org slash AL. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. While college and university tuitions go up and up, higher education administrators have been spending less on students' education. Today, only a quarter of higher ed faculty has secure full-time jobs. The rest are so-called adjunct faculty, hired on a per-course temporary basis, often with no benefits and are paid just $2,700 on average per course. Dedicated adjunct faculty across the country are joining together and fighting back in defense of their students' future. In Pittsburgh, they have formed the Adjunct Faculty Association, affiliated with United Steelworkers Union. Adjuncts and students all over the city are joining the AFA to achieve the goal of providing high-quality, affordable higher education. To know more or to support Pittsburgh's adjunct faculty, give us a call at 412-562-6967 or find us on the web at usw.org. Again, that's 412-562-6967 or usw.org. Together, we can take higher education back. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow, right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait, communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk and our special guest this week, economist Dr. Peter Arnault. And uh, I warn you, we are in full wonk mode here. It's all wonk all the time because we're talking about Healthy California, a plan that could make it possible for California to be the first state in the United States to cover every resident completely for health care, their health care needs, their vision, their dental, with no premiums, no co-pays, no deductibles. And we've been spending the better part of the hour talking about how is that possible. And it's possible through a combination of the money we're already spending, spending it more wisely, negotiating better prices on drugs and a few other things. And Dr. Arnaud helped write the very comprehensive analysis of Healthy California from a completely independent scientific point of view. So we're crunching those numbers and we left off at the end of the last segment talking about two suggested ways to raise the roughly $106 billion in extra revenue, well, in revenue. Uh, It's not extra revenue because, for example, a business that currently pays for health insurance for its employees would no longer have that expense. Is that right, Dr. Arnaud? That's correct. All businesses of any size, small, medium, or large, will have lower costs under this plan than they do now 
with health insurance, and, for and, insurance for their employees. Well, and for individuals, and we touched on this a little bit ago, if you're buying your own health insurance, you you really make out. If you're spending fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year on premiums, deductibles, copays, that drops down to nothing except your payment of uh, two and a two point three percent sales tax on the things you purchase that uh, have uh, sales tax applied to them, and not everything would. For example, food, for example, would not be subject to the sales taxes. Do I have that right? Yes, it's food, clothing, housing, and utilities are all exempted. And there are some additional exemptions as well, but those are the main ones. So that those are some of the basic necessities that take a chunk out of particularly lower-income uh, folks, and those are exempted, so there's no sales tax on those. One of the really great things about your report, Dr. Arnaud, is that in Section 4 you talk about how this bill would affect real people in California, and you sort of break it into different categories. You've got you know, low-income families, high-income families, small businesses, large businesses, and we couldn't possibly, with the time we have left over, go through every example, but just give us a taste of, of how it would change the lives of Californians. On the business side, let me just say one thing, because they make out so well. Eighty percent of businesses in, in the state of California would pay zero taxes because 80 percent have less than $2 million in gross receipts. An additional 10 percent of businesses who average about $3.1 million would have an effective tax rate of 0.8 percent. So only 10 percent of businesses would pay the full 2.3 percent. So... The businesses, regardless of size, all have a, a lower amount with single payer. As far as uh, individuals and families are concerned, low-income families, the ra- it ranges from a drop of about 6% to 1.2% less than they're currently spending. For middle-income families, the income drop is between about 3 and 9% less money than they're currently spending. The only group that pays a little more is the top 20%. And the top 20% are families with income, with family income over uh, 200, about $228,000. And they would pay 1.7% more. And those in the top one, one, 10% would pay 1.5% uh, increase. But for everybody else, it would be a bonanza in terms of lower costs. Well, we're going to, um, on future shows, talk about this a lot more. I, uh, I'm sure you don't know this, but the very first show we did back in February, we did 100 reasons why single-payer is good for America, and you've touched on just a few of them, but it goes on and on. If a, if an, a person is working in a business uh, for an employer that they hate, but they're there because of the insurance, this, this frees them. Uh, the Republicans like to talk about freeing us from the existing health care system. This would absolutely free the average person to go switch jobs, start their own business, retire early if that's what they want to do. But in the time that we have remaining to us, Dr. Arno, can you give us an idea of where the listeners can go to learn more about sure. uh, all this? Uh, I, w- I would suggest two different uh, websites. The, one of the leading single-payer websites is uh, called Healthy California, and it's just www.healthyca.org. And they have 
they are running commentary on single-payer issues. The other one I would if you want to get into the weeds and exactly what we did and all our appendices, you can go to our website, which is peri, P-E-R-I, dot U-M-A-S, dot E-D-U, and you'll find our study with all of all, and all of the detail. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much. The it, It's terribly important for people that are skeptical to go and read your report, and I've done it, and I've read the Healthy California legislation, and I understand it's tedious and all that, but what one of the reasons we even have this show is to try and encourage people to really understand the facts. Don't just listen to people complain about single-payer plans as being pie in the sky. It's not. It's The only thing standing between California and this kind of freedom from the current system is the will to do it. We have the same thing uh, nationwide, but if California can do it with uh, its particular population and all of its uh, unique situations, it can be done across the country. Dr. Arnaud, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope uh, maybe in the future, as this bill moves along, that we can count on you to come back and and help us understand it. And and maybe if uh, the uh, Congress uh, has introduced a bill for uh, Medicare for All, uh, uh, Senator Sanders has been promising to do that. Maybe one of these days you'll be able to come back and help us compare and contrast a little bit. But thank you so much. We're going to let you go. Uh, and thank you, Dr. Arnaud. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for having the show. I appreciate it, and so does everybody else. Thank you so much. Now, we're going to come back in just a moment with some parting uh, thoughts. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. Talk to you in a moment. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got a lot of food in this country. We've got so much food that we can't eat it all. So how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids who need it. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow, right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait, communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger. Contact Food Bank of West Central Texas. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. 
When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. And this has been another week of healthcare politics with Steve Larchuk, and it has been a pleasure and really a thrill to have as our guest this week economist Dr. Peter Arnault of the Political Economy Research Institute of the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. Pair.com, that's P-A-I-R.com. Please visit us at healthcare-politics.com. That's healthcare-politics.com. You can listen to a podcast of this show as well as all of our other shows and leave a comment if you like. Uh, Give us some advice. Our music is courtesy of Mike Stout. Our booker is Dr. Ann McGarry. Engineering and technical support is provided by TUE Media. Please remember the words of Martin Luther King, Jr. Of all forms of injustice, inequality in health care is the most shocking and inhumane. And this week talking about California and its Healthy California program, it would be, if adopted, the end of health care injustice, the end of health care inequality. This has been a production of Dare to be Reasonable Media. Please join us every week for Health Care Politics with Steve Larchuk. And until then, stay healthy, my friends. (laughs) 